Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Most Americans think about food in terms of servings, but Johns Hopkins-trained cardiologist Elizabeth Clotus talks about the snack bars, pancake mix, granola-like sprinkles, and packets of oatmeal that she offers under her brand, Step 1 Foods, in terms of doses. Packed with fiber, plant sterols, antioxidants, and omega-3 fatty acids, the diverse portfolio of snacks and breakfasts in Step 1 Foods product line are designed and clinically proven to reduce factors contributing to heart disease, which affects 121 million Americans. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Clotus explains how after 20 years of prescribing pills that helped control her patient's heart disease but made them feel worse, she adopted a food-as-medicine approach. And while effective, she acknowledges that selling food as medicine is complicated, given FDA regulations that limit health claims and ensures reticence to cover treatments with hard-to-measure impacts. But she also notes that attitudes in the U.S. about food as medicine are shifting, and the concept is quickly gathering support. Claudis says that she understands why so many healthcare providers and insurance are hesitant to promote or cover the cost of food as medicine, because she too once was skeptical. But she explains after talking to patients for more than two decades about the root causes of heart disease and seeing the negative side effects of effective pharmaceuticals, she came around to the idea that dietary changes can be just as effective as drugs in some cases. You know, I told me actually in medical school that one day I'd start a food company. I would have, you know, looked at them in the eye, laughed in their face and said, you're crazy. Like, why would I ever do that? And, you know, and I've been in practice for for 25 years. I continue to see patients. And yet this is the thing that, you know, I'm just the most passionate about. It is it is the thing that's needed to help solve the problem that I'm treating. And the the truth of the matter is that 80% of heart disease is preventable. It need not exist, right? That means 80% of heart attacks, 80% of bypass surgeries, 80% of strokes, 80% of stents. We shouldn't need those. And yet, you know, medical schools and training programs can't fit out cardiologists fast enough because of the demand. And if you peel it all back, what I treat all day long is the downstream effects of poor diet because high cholesterol, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, diabetes, excess weight, poor nutrition. I mean, these are all major, major risk factors for cardiovascular disease, and they are all driven in part or in whole by food. And I think I ultimately got here because what I was doing, which is what I was taught to do, which is prescribe a bunch of drugs and send people off to procedures, ultimately became completely unsatisfying because I wasn't curing anybody and and thinking about, well, could we do it differently? Could we do it better? And it all, you know, I can... I can't pinpoint the exact exact date it happened, but I can pinpoint the the, the sort of the moment, the 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 patient encounter 
when this occurred and and I you know I was looking at my patients numbers and everybody looks great on paper right their cholesterol is perfect their blood pressure is perfect I've got them on just the right combination of the best drugs to get them there and yet I look at these individuals and they look sick they don't look good and what they're telling me is they don't feel good. In fact, you know, many of them are telling me that the drugs I've put them on have, you know, if anything, have made them feel worse. And I was like, what am I doing? And it was that one day I started asking my patients about what they ate, which I'd never done before. I mean, I'm a, I'm a cardiologist. I'm way down the care stream. So I just assumed this is something that was being covered by other physicians. I mean, most patients see a bunch of other doctors before they see me. And so I asked. And what my patients were telling me was astonishing. It was astonishing because, number one, what they were eating. And it was like, oh, no wonder we need all these drugs. Like, these medications have to work really hard. And it's not because people do this you know, knowingly, no one goes to the grocery store or to a restaurant and purchases food that, you know, that they know is bad for them. Everyone's trying to do their best. But, but these, were, these were foods that were actively contributing to their health issues. That was number one. It's like, oh, my gosh, like here's, here's something where I can make a difference. But number two, and this was, this was the most shocking part, was to a patient, every single one of them told me I was the very first physician to even ask. The most basic of health interventions hasn't even been tried. So this is where I got like just completely enthralled with, you know, with um, looking at impacting nutrition. I, you know, here's this, this giant gap in care I had uncovered that no one was addressing. Well, by gosh, I was going to address it. I, I sent my patients to nutritionists. I gave them cookbooks. I, you know, gave, them, gave out pamphlets. I recommended websites. And the patients that did it, it was astonishing. Like medications were shrank, diagnoses melted away. Like literally patients were coming were becoming non-patients. I was affecting cures for the very first time. But I could count those people on one hand because guess what? It's really hard. It's hard to eat in a way not just that promotes health, but that actually counter, you know, that actually undoes disease, that actually, you know, works to to help manage a health condition. Like that that gets complicated. You have to know what you're doing. If we can, you know, if we can talk about the concept of food as medicine, and we all know that is, you know, that's true. Food is a bioactive substance. It's just as bioactive as, as any medication. But what if we take that, that concept and, um, you know, and translate it literally into a suite of food products that are basically used, you know, like medications. They're not medications, but they're used like medications. So instead of take this pill twice a day, it's eat this food twice a day. Because this food has been formulated in a way to address the health conditions you're trying to address with a bunch of drugs. And let's see if it works. And, and that was the whole idea behind step one foods was, was to make it super easy, take all the guesswork out of it, Put in the the you know the food components that are missing 
in most people's diets, but are they're critical to cardiovascular health prevention and especially lipid management, which is what I see a lot of. I see a lot of high cholesterol. Um, you know, can I affect that with food? And guess what? I can. <laughs> and it works unbelievably well and works really quickly. Like pharmaceuticals, though, food as medicine only works if patients eat it, which is why Clotis says that she created a range of familiar products to fit different taste and texture preferences. What we've tried to do is present people with foods that they already eat and that are familiar, but they just happen to be formulated in a way that builds health instead of building disease. And so we have uh, a suite of different bars. So there's five different bars that, that, that we offer. Some have chocolate, some don't have chocolate, but they're all delicious, right? And, and kind of to fit different taste uh, preferences and, and texture preferences. And then we have items that fit better into a, a breakfast uh, sort of meal uh, part, which would be, you know, uh, an instant oatmeal, a couple of instant oatmeals, a, a pancake mix, a smoothie mix. And then a sprinkle, which is like a raw ground granola that you can put on anything, but honestly, it's wonderful with, with yogurt and, and fruit in the morning. So it's, it's just to, to make it super simple to, to use. You don't have to measure anything. Everything comes in single-serve portions already. It's twice a day for, for cholesterol management if you're actively doing this to, to you know, to obviate the need for statin therapy or reduce your need for, for medications or, uh, or obviate the need for add-on therapies to maximally tolerated statin drugs. So if you're doing this for cholesterol management, it's, it's twice a day. For, for general health, you know, <laughs> one serving a day will, will make a difference because, because we're filling the, the nutritional gaps that most people have, which is whole food fiber, omega-3 fatty acids, those healthy fats that come from nuts, seeds, um, you know, fish and, um, you know, and, um, and, and, and some, some um, oils. And then there's the, the um, antioxidants that come from fruits and vegetables and then plant sterols, which are natural plant components that help reduce cholesterol absorption in the, in the digestive system. And it turns out if you put these components in at in clinically relevant amounts, you know, in a twice a day dosing system, right, it's food, but it's, but it's dosed food, um, you can in some people get medication level cholesterol lowering. I mean, it can be incredibly powerful. And in terms of the products, going back to those, they're interchangeable. So whether you want to have a bar or whether you want to have the sprinkle or whether you, have, you want to eat pancakes, every single serving of any product delivers at least five grams of whole food fiber from the food. They're not supplemented with fiber. This isn't a bunch of inulin. This is fiber coming from oat bran and chia and flax and walnuts and almonds, et cetera. Um, it's boatloads of antioxidants, at least one gram of omega-3 fatty acids, ALA version, right, because there's three different types of omega-3s, but this happens to be the essential one, ALA, and then plant sterols. And plant sterols are the only fortification because it's impossible to get clinically meaningful levels of plant sterols in two servings a day without fortification, so they are fortified with that. But again, equivalent across the, across the line. So no matter which 
product you choose, one serving will give you, you know, clinically meaningful levels of those nutrients. To know how much of each ingredient to include in Step 1 Foods products, Clotis turned to the existing clinical research. But she didn't stop there. She also tested the efficacy of her products instead of medication in a clinical trial conducted by Mayo Clinic and the University of Manitoba, which was published in the Journal of Nutrition late last year. This is something that sets us apart from other food companies. We don't just promise something or, you know, fall back on FDA-approved claims. We've actually done a randomized controlled clinical trial. The highest level of scientific scrutiny you can subject an intervention to, the type of scientific scrutiny reserved for pharmaceuticals and, you know, and, and medical devices, we've done that with our food. And we partnered with Mayo Clinic and University of Manitoba, so it's dual site you know, do a, you know, multinational trial where, where subjects were their own controls and we had them eat in random order our foods and foods matched from the, the general grocery marketplace for both use type and calorie count um, and preparation, you know, needs. So, um, and, and we, we had people eat either our foods or the conventional foods for a month, and we checked cholesterol before and after, and then we had a washout period and then repeated it with, with the other products, again, matched for type and, and use. And what we found is that in 30 days, on average, using Step 1 foods, we reduced the average LDL or bad cholesterol of the population in our study by 9%. 9% LDL reduction is hugely impactful from, from a health perspective. If we reduced the average LDL of the U.S. population by 9%, we would finally dethrone heart disease as our number one killer. It is that powerful of, of, a, you know, of a health impact. But what's, what's exciting to me, because I treat patients who, you know, have high cholesterol and many of them can't or won't use statin medications, so they won't use the drugs or they can't use the drugs, um, we saw in this cohort what we've been seeing anecdotally in our, in our customer base, which is people, you know, experiencing 20, 30, close to 40% LDL reductions with our foods. That's medication-level LDL reductions, and this was in 30 days. This isn't where people, you know, had to commit to this for, for months on end. It happened in 30 days, and it happened in a setting where we told people to change nothing else. We did not ask them to start exercising. We, didn't, we, actually, we actually discouraged them from changing anything else about their diet, so if they weren't eating salads before, they were asked not to start eating salads. Like, this was just make this tiny change. And it was a free, free living intervention. So people were going about their lives and, you know, and, and doing this as, as part of, you know, just existing. They weren't sequestered in a lab where every single morsel of food was controlled. This was a real world experiment. So lots of things can, can go wrong. 
explaining to consumers the health benefits of Step 1 Foods products and introducing the still unfamiliar idea of doses rather than servings for food can't easily be summed up in a catchy two- or three-word claim that fits on the front of a package, which is one reason why Clotus says the company is focused on e-commerce. We really like this, you know, this space because it allows us to communicate directly with, you know, our customers as well as potential consumers. We, we have a big outreach through social media. We've also gotten, you know, a, a fair amount of earned media and, you know, and, and PR placements, which, which helps get, get the word out that way. The company's direct-to-consumer website also includes a blog with articles that walk consumers through the basics of cholesterol, how to lower their cholesterol with different approaches, including diet, and the results of the company's clinical trial, which are also on the website in an easy-to-digest format. Step One Foods also provides information on its website for clinicians, employers, and insurers, which Clotus says is an area that the company will push more aggressively into now that the clinical study is published. My, my ultimate goal is for this to be something that physicians recommend. And for the clinician, right, we needed the trial. I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? I can, I can talk all day long about the health benefits of Oprah, but until I've proven that putting Oprah and chia and flax and walnuts and almonds and all these things together, you know, into a packaged food product will actually, you know, result in a health benefit. Like, really? Like, I need to prove to you that eating better is going to result in better health? But okay, I will do the trial. Um, and that's because this is the type of proof clinicians need to feel confident about recommending something to their patients. Rightly so, right? We, we are taught to be skeptical that we need proof that something works. We don't just take someone's word at, at face value. One of the problems with prescribing food is that it's very imprecise, right? If I tell you eat more broccoli and you go like, okay, I don't really know. Like, did you eat the florets? Did you eat the stems? Did you... You know, how many cups did you really eat? Did you, like, consider that the cups kind of squished in? Or did you allow a lot of air in between? Did you, you know, douse your, your broccoli with cheese sauce? Like, I don't really know what you did, despite me thinking I gave you good advice. The, the beauty about Step 1 Foods is it is dosed. A physician knows exactly the nutrients of interest that that you know, a cons- that their patient is consuming, and that allows them to test whether the food actually worked, right? It's, 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 it's very, you know, it's as scientific as you can get with food, which is, which is a, a little bit of a, of, of a woolly, you know, intervention because it is multifactorial and there's different ingredients and, you know, and, and like I said, it's bioactive on, on multiple levels, but at least with this, you know of the four nutrients that you're trying to get into your patients to, to help improve cardiovascular health. You know exactly how much of those nutrients your, your, your patients are getting. And again, you can test whether, you know, they're a food responder. Do, does your patient even have a hope of, of impacting their cholesterol with a food-based, you know, approach? Because not everybody does. For the idea of food as medicine to take off in the U.S., Clotus argues insurers also must participate and cover the cost of prescriptions for food the same way they do for drugs. 
and she says she sees rays of hope that insurers are starting to treat some foods the same way they do pharmaceuticals. There is a movement underfoot. If you look at, you know, what the White House is doing, they they recently, you know, held a, a conference on, you know, incorporating food into, you know, post discharge care, um, you know, for for various chronic health conditions and and doing pilot programs to to pay for that. So so there so there are sort of little you know rays of of hope out there that that food will you know, gain the same respect um, for, you know, to, in terms of being part of the, the treatment paradigm as we reserve for medications and, um, and procedures. I do think that for that to take place, you really do need data behind your, your products, real data, you know, published, peer-reviewed. I mean, I think, you know, products in this space need to subject themselves to the same scrutiny as pharmaceuticals because if you're going to be part of the, you know, therapeutic regimen, you better have real data behind you, data you can truly stand behind and say, this is what we can do. This is what we are capable of. This is what we are proven to have accomplished. I am determined to, to, to have food such as ours be covered in part or in whole by insurance. Because if you're going to pay for the drugs that treat a condition, why wouldn't you pay for the foods that, that you know, address the underlying condition from, from being there in the first place, right, that, that, that obviate the need for those medications? So, you know, from a, from a cost perspective, you know, I can actually argue that, that we are far less expensive. In fact, there was an actual actuarial uh, analysis that, that we um, did with Wakely, which is a highly respected actuarial firm in, in D.C. that looks at, you know, various costs of care, et cetera. And they did analysis based upon our 9% LDL reduction, what that would mean from, from a healthcare cost perspective. And, and if you, you know, if you look at the conditions that are affected by LDL, et cetera, Every dollar you spend on step one food, you would save $2.32 in healthcare costs. So this intervention pays for itself. I can also make a cogent argument that actually it costs nothing because our products cost virtually the same as like products in the grocery marketplace. They just happen to be, like I said, health building as opposed to health destroying. So, you know, what we ask is that people spend their money differently. It is, it is, you know, it's different, right? People are kind of getting used to the concept, you know, buying food online. When we started, that was like completely foreign. Now it's pretty normal. Um, you know, looking at, you know, buying things 12 at a time or, you know, or 30 days at a time is, is a different economic you know, choice than buying one bar at a time every day. You end up spending the same, but it just it, it just feels different. Um, but this allows us to be as economical as possible in terms of servicing our our customers. Insurance should cover this. You know, I I look at I look at the, the the things that insurance covers. Insurance covers these you know these latest drugs for cholesterol lowering these injectables rapatha praluent levquio those are the those are the um, trade names and these cost 
five to six thousand dollars a year. Well, five to six, and that's for you know one treatment for one risk factor for one disease. I mean, these are one-hit wonders. All they do is lower LDL. They don't help lower blood pressure. They don't, don't do anything about your weight. They don't even change anything about what you're eating. And, you know, five to $6,000, that buys a lot of food. I mean, one year of Repatha or Praluin or Lesquio buys almost six years of step one food. Like, it's, it's almost a no-brainer. So we're going to get there. Many consumers who have tried one-step foods agree with Clotus that the brand's approach to food as medicine is a no-brainer, and they are voting with their dollars, even without help from insurers. Since 2017, the snack food brand reports it has seen a 40-fold revenue growth and has helped improve heart health and reduce the risk of cardiovascular events for 25,000 people. And most of this growth has come from patients seeking alternatives to medicine and actively finding one-step foods themselves. Clotus says she hopes to build on this momentum in the coming years by investing more meaningfully in outreach and marketing, which have been on the back burner while the company invested instead in the clinical research. But with that finally published, she says the company is in a fun spot where it can start shouting from the rooftops about the benefits that its products offer. Clotus also plans to expand the brand's portfolio to include some more savory options, such as, hopefully, a cracker that she says she's been working on for years and is now ready to scale. As she continues to build out the business in the coming years, she says she's optimistic and eager to see the overall food as medicine movement growing, thanks to initiatives like those championed by the White House during the recent conference on hunger and health and work by other brands piloting projects with insurers and healthcare providers. With that, we have reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this installment and will join me again next week for another. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week. <music>